If you don't mind, I would like to ask every one of you for a favor. In the next month or two, Lisa and I are going to be inviting some special people to church. And the people we've invited have never gone to church, at least that I know of. And they have a bad perception of Christians and, and church in general. So what I'm asking of you is to make sure that they have the best possible experience that they could have in church. When they leave here, I want them to say, wow, that wasn't so bad. Now, see, I'm not expecting for them to go and say, that was fantastic. I want to come back. But what I'm really looking for is for them to go, well, you know, that wasn't so bad. But in order to have that, what I'm going to need from you all is to make sure that you go out of your way to make sure that they feel welcome. So before they ever get to the front doors, I want someone to greet them. And then when they make it through the front doors, I want someone there to greet them. And they're going to have children. So when they come into the foyer, I don't want anyone to go, well, you got kids, the children's department's over there. No, I want someone to personally take them over to the children's department and introduce them to the teachers. And then I want to make sure that their kids have a great time. So when they're driving home, the kids say, man, that was fun. Can we go back? But I also want to make sure that their kids hear the gospel. Because I know they're not being taught about Jesus at home. And I also want someone to invite them into the cafe, possibly buy them a cup of coffee. And I want them to have a fantastic spiritual experience here in the adult service. I want the lighting, the sound, the video to be perfect. I want the words to the worship songs to come up on the screen a half second or maybe more before we actually sing those words. You know, there's nothing worse than being in a new church, not knowing any of the songs, and here you don't know what's being sung, but there's no words up there. So you feel like a lump on the log because everyone else is singing, but you're not. I want the worship to be inspirational and moving. And I want you to pray that I deliver the best messages that I've ever delivered in my life. I also want them to say, boy, your people are friendly. Because you were friendly, not only in the, in the auditorium, but also in the cafe and in the restrooms. I want them to say, I was impressed. And you know what? I just might come back again. Will you help us make that happen? Seriously. Would you do that? Now, how many of you have ever invited someone to church, and that's what you wanted? You wanted to make sure that when you invited these special people to church, that we gave them the best possible experience that they could have. And you were just praying, God, let everything be perfect. Think about it. When someone you've invited that you really love or you really care about comes to church, you think, boy, I hope everyone is really, really friendly. I hope they like the cafe. I hope the kids have a good time in church. I hope everything goes good in the service. And I really hope that Pastor Allen teaches on something that's interesting. But you know, to make that happen, it takes a lot of people working together to create that type of environment. And I mean a lot of people. You know, to do what we do every Sunday morning takes a minimum of 91 volunteers. In Michael's department, it takes nine people. In Drew's department, it takes 12. In Meredith's department, it takes 20. In Lisa's department, it takes 13. In Katrina's department, it takes 19. And in Shirley's department, it takes 18 people. That all totals up to 91 volunteers. And people, that's just to do the bare minimum. That doesn't include parking attendants, drama teams, live music in the children's department, our prayer team, people demand the counters out in the foyer, the security team, and I could go on and on and on. I'm talking about just to run the bare minimum, it takes 91 volunteers. 
And if you can believe it, it actually takes more people on a Wednesday night than it does a Sunday morning. On Wednesday night, it takes 124 people to do what we do. Because on Wednesday nights, we're doing live worship, not only in the adult service, but also the youth service, the Edge Department, and Louder University. Our children's department needs even more volunteers because we're doing a program called Team uh, Kids Team, or Team Kids, that's it. So every service... You probably notice that our staff is running around like chickens with their head cut off. And, you know, that's really the way we are. And the reason we are that way is because someone didn't show up. And now we've got to go get someone who's never been trained to do that job and just plug them in and say, just listen, do what I tell you to do when I tell you to do it. But, you know, I don't blame the people who don't show up, and I'll tell you why. Because it's the same people working every service. And I really don't know how we keep from burning them out. Did you know that on Sunday morning, every Sunday morning, either Robert Harbuck or Louise King goes to Walmart to buy the donuts and other supplies? They open the church at 8 a.m. and they get everything in the cafe going. And then the workers get here between 8 and 8.15 and they start cooking breakfast. Our band gets here at 8.30 to go over the worship songs one more time. People, it doesn't just happen. It's not magic. People make it happen. People volunteering, and they do a great job. Because our volunteers understand that every Sunday morning and every Wednesday night, new people are showing up. They might be someone that I've invited, or they might be someone that you've invited. But we all want the very same thing. We want them to walk away from Cornerstone Fellowship with a great first impression. Because if they do that, they just might come back a second time. And if they could come back a second time and hear the gospel one more time, maybe they might receive Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. Or maybe if they've never been to church, they'll start coming to church. Or if they used to go to church and they no longer go to church, they'll start coming back to church. You see, it's all about changed lives. That's why we exist. But we couldn't exist without our volunteers. It takes volunteers to provide this friendly environment that makes people want to come. It takes volunteers to give us that great cafe experience that all of you seem to enjoy. It also takes volunteers to create a fun, safe environment for our children where we can present the gospel of Jesus. And it takes a lot of volunteers to be able to do what we do here every Sunday morning and every Wednesday night in our adult services. I serve because people matter. I serve. I serve. I serve because people. 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 People matter. Everyone matters. Serving. 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 Serving makes a difference. It makes a difference in the lives. Lives. In the lives of people. It helps people. 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 People of all colors, backgrounds, nations, and beliefs. Everyone. People. 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 People! People. Made in the image. The image. In his likeness. Made in the image of God. God. The giver of life. God. The maker of all things. God. Who is eternal. 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 Forever. That's a long time. God. The Alpha and Omega. God. The Savior of the world. Jesus. People matter to God. Serving. It helps them. Serving helps them see God. It helps them feel God. It helps them sense His presence. It changes them. It changes them. Transforms. It changes them. It changes me. By serving, I become more like Jesus. Like Jesus. More like Jesus. Become more like Jesus.
I live beyond myself. It's not about me. It's not about me. It's not about me. You mean it's not about me? I serve. I serve. I become the hands and feet of Christ. I serve. I serve. It makes a difference. I serve. I serve. It can change you. I serve. I serve. I serve because people matter. You matter. Now, if you're not serving, I want to know why. Is it because we've given the impression that we have enough volunteers and we don't need anyone else? Because if we've given you that impression, it's wrong. I'm sorry. We truly do not have enough volunteers. The truth of the matter is we need volunteers desperately. We have been hearing rumors around Cornerstone Fellowship that we don't need any more volunteers because things run so very smoothly for every service. And you are so correct in that, but the reason they run smoothly is because we have so many wonderful, dedicated, faithful volunteers, but our volunteers also get very tired. They put in lots of hours, so we need your help to step up and, and just help so we can give them some relief for a while. Volunteering in the Children's Department plays a huge role in the success of the services here at Cornerstone Fellowship. On any given Sunday, it takes 50-plus people to make the services successful, from the preschool department to the elementary department, all the way to the middle school department. One of the rewards for working in the children's ministry is when you hear a child say, I can't wait to get to my class, or you meet a parent whose student says, my child tells me, I've got to get to the edge. Or you meet kids out, out in, the, in the public life and they say, hey, what are we doing tonight? What's going on? Those are the rewards and the benefit. Or when you're shopping and getting your groceries at Walmart and that little kid looks up and says, that's my teacher. Those are the rewards. But the greatest reward is when we have a successful children's ministry because of you and your heart to want to volunteer. It's when we prepare those services, then kids receive Jesus into their hearts. Well, maybe you're not serving because you think that God doesn't expect you to. You know, every once in a while, I'll run into someone and, and I'll talk to them about church and I'll ask them if they go anywhere and they'll say no. And I'll say, well, you know, you really ought to be in church somewhere. I'd like to invite you to Cornerstone Fellowship. And they'll tell me, well, I, I don't think I need to go to church to be a Christian. Well, I'm not saying that you need to be uh, going to church in order to be a Christian. But I will say this, the Bible commands us to go to church. It says not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. In other words, we are supposed to go to church, but we're not just supposed to go to church to sit in a seat. God expects us not only to go to church to learn, but also to get involved in the church and to volunteer. He expects that from us. And if you don't believe that, then just listen to what 1 Peter chapter 4 verse number 10 says. It says, everyone should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Now, people, you can't get much plainer than that. What God is telling us is that he's given everyone gifts, talents, and abilities, and he expects every one of us to use those gifts, those talents, those abilities to serve other people. But if that's the case, why aren't more people volunteering and serving in the church? Well, I'll tell you why. It's because we have what is called an atomic nature. That atomic nature is not inclined to serve others. And the reason that atomic nature is not inclined to serve others is because that atomic nature makes us very selfish. And so even though we have a good heart, 
And the reason we have a good heart is because we're made in the image of God. We still have this atomic nature which makes us very selfish. And our selfishness overrides our desire to serve others. So we're more concerned about being ministered to than ministering to others. That's why people come to a church service thinking it's a church serve us. And without realizing it, they develop what I call an all about me attitude. In fact, you wouldn't believe what some people expect from the church. Imagine a church where every member is passionately, wholeheartedly, and recklessly calling the shots. I have a busy work week, and by the time Sunday rolls around, I'm tired. So how about a church service that starts when I get there? Can do. When you arrive, we begin. This guy, he plays by his own rules. We want to find a church where if he starts screaming, we're not the bad guys. Right? Come here. Say no more. If your baby's screaming, you stay seated. The others around you can leave. You know, financially, Sherry and I don't give a lot to the church, but we'd sure like to know who does. All right, if you join now, you'll know what every person gives in detail. When I'm in the church service, can my car get a buff and a wax? Not just that, but an oil change and a tune-up. Hey, how about tickets to the Super Bowl? That's asking too much. I'm serious. If I'm going to join, I want tickets to the big game. All right, you join now and we'll get you there. I like a pony. Look in your backyard. Me Church, where it's all about you. Well, if you find that church, please tell me about it. I'll, I'll tell you why. I want to resign and I want to go to that church, if you don't mind. Now, I, I realize people don't really expect those things from churches. But they do think it's all about them. And if they're not careful, they get so wrapped up in wanting to be ministered to that they forget that they were created in order to serve others. And people, that's dangerous. Because when we don't use our gifts, talents, and abilities to serve others, then we don't experience that sense of fulfillment and that joy that comes from using our gifts. And we feel like something is missing. And something is missing. What's missing is that sense of fulfillment that God gives us when we're in his will and we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. And if we're not careful what we do when that is missing is we start blaming the church when really it's our fault. People leave our church all the time and the reason they leave our church is because they say, well, you know, pastor, your church is big and something's missing. In fact, they go a little bit further and they go, I don't know what it is. Pastor, I like your teaching. I'm telling you, I, I see what your vision is. I, I, I believe in your vision. I understand that you guys have a great children's department. Our kids just love it. The cafe is wonderful. What you teach on is good. The music is good. Everything's great, but something is missing inside. I feel like God's maybe calling me to go somewhere else so I can find out what's missing. Well, people, I can tell you what's missing. What's missing is the joy and the fulfillment that comes from serving others. You see, it doesn't matter how good church is. It doesn't matter how good the teaching is. It doesn't matter how good the worship is. It doesn't matter how much your kids are being ministered to. If you're not serving, if you're not using the gifts that God gave you, something will always be missing. And what's missing is that joy and that fulfillment that comes from serving others. Now, people, we know that you're busy. We understand that. So we're not asking you to serve two to three hours a week every week, though some people do. No, 
All we're really asking of every one of you, not just some of you, but every one of you, is to volunteer at least one hour a month. Now this video was created with the intention of asking you to serve one hour a week. But we're not going to do that. We're not going to ask you to serve one hour a week. Instead, we're going to ask you to serve one hour out of the month. Now, let me break this down for you, if you don't mind. There are 720 hours in a 30-day month. There are 744 hours in a 31-day month. And all we're asking you to do is to volunteer for one hour every month. One hour out of 720 hours. And I'll be honest with you, that's not much, much to ask. If you think about it, if we were to add that up, multiply 12 times 720 and say, you know, we're just asking you to work 12 hours a year. That's all we're really asking of you. Now, let me show you something interesting because there's always someone that says, but pastor, you just don't get it. I am so busy. Well, I've got a question for you. Are you too busy to show your love for God? Are you too busy to serve God? In fact, I'm going to show you that if you're not volunteering and doing something for other Christians, then you're not showing love to God in the way that he wants it, and you're not serving God in the way that he wants you to. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Hebrews, chapter 6, verse number 10. It says, for God is not unfair. Well, we all know that. God is not unfair. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for other Christians as you still do. Now, most of us don't realize this, but this is one of the most profound biblical principles in the scriptures today. And it's found in this verse. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. It's very important. The way that we serve God and the way that we show love to God is by serving other Christians. You see... The Greek word for the phrase caring for is diakoneo, and it should have been translated serving. So what I want you to do in your Bible, or maybe if you're taking notes, is I want you to cross out the words caring for in verse number 10, and I want you to write above it serving. Now, notice what it says. For God is not unfair. 
He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by serving other Christians. Now, how did they work for God? By serving other Christians. How did they show their love to God? By serving other Christians. So according to Hebrews chapter 6, verse number 10, the way that we show love to God and the way that we serve God is by serving other Christians. And people, that is a basic biblical principle. Yet most Christians aren't even aware of this. I don't know if they've never read the book of Hebrews, or if they did, they just kind of glanced over it and never saw what it was saying. But most Christians think it's possible to serve God without serving others. And people, you just can't do that. The only way that you can serve God is by serving other Christians. Now, why is that? Well, I want to know, why would God equate serving other Christians with serving him and showing love to him? Well, I'll tell you why. It's because nothing ministers more to a parent than when someone is nice to their kids. Or when someone helps their kids. Or if their kids are hurting, someone steps in and takes care of them. That touches a parent's heart. We know that. All of us have had people do nice things for our kids. All of us have maybe been in a situation where we couldn't help our kids. Maybe get into a certain program or get into a club or whatever the situation is. Maybe they're doing homework and, you know, we just didn't learn that in school. They're doing calculus. So we ask someone to come in and to tutor our child. And it really touches our heart when someone helps our kids. We need to understand something. It's no different for God. When we reach out and we help other Christians, or we do something that's nice for them, it touches God's heart because we, as Christians, are God's kids. He's our Father, and we're His children. And even those that aren't Christians, God's will is for them to come into the family of God and to be adopted. And so when we're reaching out and we're doing things for other people, God looks down and it touches His heart. And He says, thank you, Alan. I so appreciate what you're doing. I thank you that you're serving them because when you serve them, you serve me. You're touching my heart. So when it comes to God's kids, he's no different than we are. Nothing ministers more to him than when someone does something nice for his kids or serves his kids or helps his kids. That's why God equates serving other Christians, his kids, with serving him and showing love to him. Now, once a person understands this principle, all of a sudden, all of the words that Jesus spoke concerning this 